2: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
3: You straight up cuckoo that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your charger gear on because I look good. I got big energy every day. Let's go!
0: And he is
1: dead. Blind squirrel finds another once in a while. That's, That's right. right.
3: You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move, and throws, and
4: touchdown. Players, coaches, Staff, fans, together we can create something truly special. Stay
2: tuned for some good content.
3: <laughs> well happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host Wooldog sitting with my buddies, Kev Hug and Duggan.
5: Well hey
2: guys, how are ya? <laughs>
1: Okay, and let's not forget Kyle the Coach <laughs> You okayed me. How dare you. Uh, hi, guys. I am not Mickey Mouse. All oh, right.
3: oh, shit. Oh, damn. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, folks, lots to talk about this episode. We've got some uh, postseason pressers from the general manager, Tom Telesco, and our beloved coach, Brandon Staley. Uh, we've got uh, Craig Experience to experience this Friday and an extra fan focus. So lots to go through, but let's start it off with the postseason presser from Tom Telesco. Uh, Tom was asked the question on Brandon Staley's first season as head coach. Tom said, I love the identity that we play with, I really do. I support him a hundred percent. I'm a big believer in using data to make decisions, as is he. It doesn't mean that there isn't context involved in that. I mean, we're not robots. But we're trying to put our players in a position of strength and a position of advantage as much as we can. I love the identity that we play with. I know on the outside that not everyone may agree with how we play, but it's who we are, and I love it. That's what we are, and that's the way that we're going to play moving forward. You know what you get with us? We're going to play aggressive. It's not reckless. I really didn't see it as reckless. Uh, All of these decisions, even though they're made in real time, they're research involved. And uh, there's research involved in it prior to the game.
2: It's, co- it's cool to hear Tommy T. It's just weird not hearing from him all season. And then you get to hear like, this is what it's I think about like what happened one... for months. Right. Yeah. But, um. Yeah. So the fact that he's all in, pun intended, yeah. all in on, on Staley's aggressiveness and what they're doing, like... I think if we just prepare ourselves that this is what it we're gonna be, it'll be a lot easier to, you know, half of the time it works, half of the time it doesn't, it'll be easier to to deal with.
1: It's just so polar opposite from what we're used to, I guess. So right. different. So but it's that's a good thing. That's what we wanted. We wanted mm-hmm. them not right. We didn't want them to hire another Mike McCoy or Anthony Lynn. We wanted something different because those guys weren't getting the job done. That's why they right. were fired. Right. Exactly. So yeah. I mean, let's go. Like, I love the aggressive style and we have an identity. It's consistent. Right.
3: Yeah. Let's keep it going moving forward. And, um, it, I, like Braden said in, in the interview that we had on the last episode that like, you know, we, we had a winning season. Like I get that, you know, we, as we should be upset that we didn't get into the, the post season, but we had a winning season last season. We were seven and nine this year. We were seven or nine and eight. And it, it is going to be a gradual move up. Like, obviously, we want to win every single game. And I'm going to say it every every time somebody asks me, like, you know, what do you think we're going to get? We're going to win every single we're game. We're going to win. Yeah, it's going to happen. So, but it it is going to be a gradual move up. You know, we had a coach in his first year. We had Justin Herbert in his second year. And Justin Herbert still broke records playing out of his mind. And we had a new offensive coordinator, new everything, new coaching staff. And we did really well. So all things considered, I think it's just going to get that much better going forward. Um, Telesco was, uh, had this to say about receiver Mike Williams. Uh, he's had a great early career for us. I came down to the field for the Raiders game in overtime and watching him play in overtime, he gave everything he had. He had nothing left by the time it got to the end of that game. If uh, If we would have won that game, it would have been a performance that we would have been talking about well after the fact. I'm thankful that we drafted him and I'm thankful that he's here. We'll figure out the future moving forward, but he was a big part of this football team this year and he has uh been in the past as well.
2: I, I listened to this hour-long press conference from from Telesco and he talked about a lot of things, but I I just felt maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I really it feels like there's gonna get a contract done like Telesco doesn't really wear his heart on his sleeve and doesn't talk about stuff too much. Right. But the way he kind of went back and kind of reminisced on moments from his time playing, especially this year, it's hard not to sign him after what he did this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. just hoping they pull the trigger and get something done and, and just put this all to bed so we don't have to worry about it anymore.
3: Yeah, it was, as, as he's listing all the things, it's like you're, you're making an argument to keep this guy (laughs) moving forward. Don't talk yourself
2: out. You're talking yourself into it. (laughs) Right. Keep going.
3: So, yeah, that's great to hear from from Telesco. And then uh, Brandon Staley had this to say on developing relationships with his players. Uh, The way we competed in week 18 and the way we competed throughout the season shows you that we have a special thing. The way that our team competed this year and I feel like the way we performed is something that fans and people throughout the league are going to respect. I think, that that just shows you that these guys really love coming to work every day. They love coming to compete because they like who they're, go- who they're doing it with, and they like how we're doing it. We just need to continue to elevate our standard. These relationships, I think they allow you to stand the test of time, and I think it allows you to work through a lot of the challenges that the NFL season has, and there's a ton of them. I guess
1: we'll find out, right? Like, these guys talk. All these guys talk uh, to other players and other teams. Free agency, we'll find out like how much our guys are advocating for. Hey, come here and play.
5: Mm-hmm, Obviously,
1: yeah. the Chargers have to dish out the cash. Like mm-hmm. you got to pay people to come, right? Like, sure. Um, If you become a hot commodity, like there's, there's definitely players that they have a list. Like oh, these sure. are the places I want to play. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not interested in playing in these. This, uh, especially those veterans that have been in the league a long time, they're not gonna go. Like if if they've been in the league, they have enough money for generation, generations. It's like, I want to go. I know I'm going to get paid, but this is my, these are my four or five
2: teams that I'm willing to go play for. And you'll find out if the Chargers are on that list. Right. And we'll find out pretty quick, which is exciting. It's like the proof is in the pudding kind of statement. Like you don't have to say anything. It's like if we start seeing names connected to us, that says a lot more than any words could. So that's the play on the field, you know, translating to that.
3: Well, it'll be interesting because anybody that watched the All In episode saw, you know, there was a segment of that episode that talked about how much these guys loved playing for Staley and how much they, uh, the culture that he brought and the identity that he brought to the team and they wanted to basically fight for him. And so that was cool to see. And now knowing that we're going into this off season with, a bunch of money, you know, like either the second most amount of cap space than any other team, and that there are teams that are going to be like double-digit millions over their yeah. cap limit going into this. That means there's going to be a lot of possible free, you know, free agents out there. That they're I mean, if they want to play and we want them, <laughs> they're they're going to be coming on over to the Chargers. So I think this is going to be a really exciting offseason as far as who we end up picking
1: up in in that free agency percent It's crazy. I just looked up because we're talking about cap space and all that. And it's like, right. Yeah, we have a lot of cap space. A lot of that's because of players that need to get re signed and such. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. This is from Sport Track. It's showing that our dead cap space for next year is only $450,000. Yeah. That no, work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, like and dead cap to and, Tommy T. And, yeah. The Houston Texans, they're dead cap. And I'm sure, I'm sure most of this is because of their quarterback. $35 million. <laughs>
3: That's a lot. Damn.
1: You know, like the New Orleans Saints, $12 million in dead cap. The yeah. Eagles, $22 million in dead cap. Yeah. That's so a lot like, of
2: players. We have
1: 450 k in dead cap. Our money is going to our players. Yes.
2: Yeah. Not people so, sitting on another team still getting team. paid or right. Right. not in the league getting paid, you know? Yeah. It's yep. a good thing.
3: Yeah, uh, I think the Saints and, and the Packers are going to be really hurting this offseason and going into next season as far as what they're going to do because I think they're going to be well over the cap and yikes. I, I wouldn't want to be in that are, situation.
2: Packers are an interesting one because they have some defensive studs over there. I think it's Zadarius. That's something. There's a linebacker that we watched. I so was like, damn, that'd be kind of fun to have. Like, you mm-hmm. just start looking around and seeing these playoff games. And I'm looking right. for like, oh, yeah, that'd be kind of nice. And you see these teams and what they have to work with, and they're, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Right. We'll yeah. see what those are. Right. So
3: it, it, all of it's really exciting stuff. Um And we're sitting over here like, who do we want? Yeah, who, who would we pick? We yes. Um, <laughs> Staley went on to talk about the Chargers 2021 rookie class. He said, I'm really proud of our rookie class, guys. I think that when you take a look at it, if you study the NFL draft and you look at every team who had a draft class, All of our drafted players were active on game day this year. If you really take a look at that class and you dive deep into them, most of them had big roles on our team, whether it was a starter on special teams, a starter on our offense or defense. I think when you take a look at our first picks in the draft, our first pick in the draft, you're talking about an all pro left tackle in his rookie season. It's something that this team I know has been searching for a long time. What every team has been searching for a long time. The fact that we have and for uh tackle Rashawn Slater to play like he did this year, I think that's such an incredible testament to your first year together.
2: I didn't really, did Did you guys know that all of our draft picks played in, in some capacity and contributed? I mean, well, the only not one only that they played, they were all on the active roster, right? right? Yeah,
3: that's the only one that b- didn't get much play time, I think, was Mark Webb. I think he got injured earlier on in the season, you know, one of the earlier weeks. And
2: Hymas didn't play.
3: And Hymas didn't play very much. I mean, he played, apparently, uh, he had a
1: few snaps here and there, but. But that's a fifth and seventh round pick. Right. You know? But, but they were on active roster still. Like, they were backups. Nick Neiman played on special teams a lot. Chris Rumpf was starting on defense for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, these guys, like, that's a solid draft class. They were, they, they performed as rookies. Absolutely. High level, yeah.
2: Yeah. 100%. So um, I'm excited for the next one. Like, we're going to have have 11 picks. (laughs) And granted, a lot of them are later in the draft, but like, shit, dude. Like, those can turn
1: in, those can, you can compound those and move up in the draft pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If that's the way they want to do it. But either way, yeah, it's going to make everything, again,
3: just another element that's going to be exciting this Uh, offseason.
1: Yeah. I'll say pretty confidently, we're going to turn some of those draft picks into higher picks. We're going to win now. We don't need 11 rookies like that's the last thing that the chargers need. We need guys that are going to come in and we're going to win football games right now. Sure. Yeah. We don't need five fourth round picks to come in and be projects. That's just not where we're at right now. We got to go win until we got to get paid. Justin. $300 Mc- billion. What, yes. Yeah, whatever. McDuck type of
3: money. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck money. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
3: Um, all right. And then lastly, Staley on building a complete team. Uh, there's a difference between being a talented team and a championship team. The goal is to become a complete team, and that's where we're headed as an organization and where we have full alignment with Dean Spanos, John Spanos, Tom Telesco, myself, our coaching staff, uh, just becoming a complete team. There's a process to get there. This was our first year together, and I think that we got a lot closer to becoming a complete team in one offseason together. Now we have got to take advantage of this coming offseason That's the challenge in the NFL and in all of sports, to be a complete team. We're working towards that. I'm excited to get going this 2022
2: season. Let's go. I just like, I can't wait. It's just so hard because the season's over, but like, I just so ready. The next one is so
1: far away. (laughs) It's a a ways
2: away, dude. Yeah. will be 38 when Chargers play again. (laughs) Yeah. My God, on, <laughs> oh
3: my God! The Charger game's on, honey. Oh, my day! Oh shit! Baby,
1: You're gonna turn into Dick, Vitale before <laughs>
2: Dick we'll by we'll in before the Dick by in one off season. Yeah. <laughs> um.
3: I, I. Either way, it is. Exci- it, it is truly exciting when you take a step back and look at everything and just all uh, everything that can happen this off season, and, we, and we'll probably start seeing some moves here and pretty quickly, but. I, I'm looking forward to all of it, and I and I love Staley being at the helm of helm of it all, hundred percent. Um, all right. Well, we had to talk about this, or at least a little bit. Uh, anybody that uh, woke up and saw that there was some drama going on from TMZ uh, with the Spanoses, uh, Spani, Spani uh, Dean's nephews, uh, Dimitri and Lex.
2: They sound like Ikonomu. <laughs> <laughs> the Dimitri and Lex feel like they're in like John Wick in that bathhouse scene where like they're just they like probably the Russians. Were. They probably were. Yeah, they just got, the, <laughs> I, they're giving me a Dimitri and Lex vibe. Yeah.
3: Um Beneficiaries of the trust that owns a portion of the NFL team have accused uh Dean of secretly changing the trust, screwing them out of boatloads of money in the secretly. process. Uh, according to the lawsuit, according to the suit, here's the deal. The trust owns 36% of the chargers. In addition, the trust is also partially funded by revenue from the stadium, and therein lies the problem. Uh, the Economus, uh claim Dean convinced uh, the family the move from San Diego to LA would be lucrative with the building of SoFi Stadium the $5 billion state-of-the-art facilities where the Chargers play. However, Dimitri and Lex say, Dean, with aid from brother... uh, I don't think the brother was Uh, head. head uh, uh, Headtopics.com. And Michael. uh, Yeah, with aid from brother Michael, uh, surreptitiously diverted money from the trust, cutting them off from the stadium-related revenue, ticket sales, etc., FYI, Dean's dad, billionaire, purchased the team in 1984. So uh, apparently Lex is the regional vice president of AG Spanos. Dimitri is the executive vice president of the Spanos Corporation. And Dimitri was interviewed a few years back about what he He, does with the company. (sighs)
1: What? sound like a couple of whiny rich babies it sounds that way doesn't it Um yeah. like you work for your family trust and you're complaining about getting cut out of more profit from your family trust it's from your uncle being sneaky and secretively diverting money it's like Lex and Demetri you figured it out and none of your uh, nobody else in the trust figured this out <laughs> right yeah. um,
2: you crack the case Demetri yeah, and Lex this
1: <laughs> sounds like a fake news.
2: Um, It's the first time you've ever kind of not been like jump on the train and say, I'm not pro Dean
1: Spanos. I just don't (laughs) believe in Alex and Dimitri cracking the case as to them diverting money away from them. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So in that
3: interview with Dimitri, uh, the question was, tell us about AG Spanos and what makes your company unique? Uh, AG Spanos Companies, a family-owned business, was founded by my grandfather in 1960 in stockton california to build apartments in the region since then it has grown into a national land development and construction company but is still headquartered in stockton for the last 12 years following my grandfather's retirement the company is managed by my two uncles while my brother and i run the company's construction activities in several states
2: this was a very old interview i threw in here this is back when you know This was a while ago, Mm -hmm. but it's just, I wanted to show that they're very much involved with the company. They're not just like the outlier, you know, nephews that are like hanging out, playing Xbox. Like they're very much, if they're going to do something like this,
4: Mm -hmm.
2: it's going to affect their livelihood and what they're doing for work. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine you're going to go talk to the, the guy that runs the company and you're a VP of that. I'm suing you. Doesn't usually go well. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just curious what they think they're going to accomplish because they must have like, a you know, full confidence. We're going to get whatever we want out of this. It's going right. to be a done deal because you can't touch me because I'm going to have so much money. Hmm. Like that's, it's just a weird kind of drama that, I don't know, dude. They're Continues coming out. Continues
1: to surround the Spanos fans. It's right. still coming
2: out. Like right. it's just a, clearly they're having some Family issues right now. Right. Some trust issues, apparently. (laughs) Double on top
1: Did you pick up on that? The the, the problem with the problem with your a trust owning a team and not I see what you did there. Sorry, I got it. It took me a second.
2: I just figured it out. A trust.
1: Trust I don't know, man. It's just like this is I feel like this is gonna continue to come up until they sell the team. It's just a never ending gonna be a money grab from all the whole Spanos family.
2: They're not selling the team and they, unless they're they being forced forced by people within their family to make them sell the team they mm-hmm. will sell the team i don't think they will they Though every will. every every interview that they talk about is how important this legacy was for for grandpapa um, <laughs> and how we're not going to get rid of we're not getting rid of the chargers this is his lasting legacy well, I would not get your hopes up that that's going to happen. They will sell the team. I
1: they mean, if,
3: if the team is sold, it sounds like it's just going to get sold to another Spanos. These guys seem to like. I'm working with my uncle, and he's the vice president, they, and I'm. They the don't have.
1: They don't have three billion dollars to buy the team. the The The, the Los Angeles Chargers are worth well now two point nine billion dollars. <laughs> like they don't. They just bottom line. They don't have the money to own the team, right? And it eventually they will sell the team. Mm-hmm. It's gonna. It's gonna happen. Like. Three billion dollars? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. They, they're gonna sell the team eventually. It'll happen. We'll find out.
3: But uh, yeah, that's the been, Spanos curse will be lifted. That would be something. Uh, hopefully, it's just not even an issue moving forward. But something to keep an eye on this off season. Just a bit of drama. Uh, but now let's get out of the drama and go on over to the one and only Craig in Texas for the Craig Experience. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like the face you made. <laughs> yeah, that was weird, dude.
6: Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh. Great. Experience. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. If I egged my neighbor's car, do you think he would automatically assume I was the one that did it? I mean, it has Chief's paraphernalia on it so it would be kind of random i'm gonna have to think this one over probably not the best of ideas but could you blame me cc gang the biggest of salutes and to the rest of the boat fam what's going on if you got craig in texas and welcome to another edition of the craig experience and yes my disdain for the chiefs is well documented and there'll be plenty of time to hate on them for the rest of the week. Let's go uh, Bengals. But today I want to focus a little bit on some of the areas that the uh, Chargers should, in my opinion, focus on straight out of the gate, going into free agency, not playing around. And I do believe there's a very specific strategy and best way that I will go about handling it. Of course, I mean, I'm just an armchair GM. What do I really know? It's just my opinion, though. So uh, let's chop it up a little bit, shall we? Now, you guys know exactly where I'm starting here. The defensive line, specifically the interior of it. Let's talk about, well, besides the fact that it scarred us, (laughs) why it's so important to have that solidified. For a multitude of reasons. Because I believe like a lot of old school football cats that the wars won in the trenches offensively and defensively. Uh, if you're talking O-line QB's probably not going to have a ton of success when he's scrambling for his life. I mean, unless he just so happens to be Justin Herbert and it's Jesus and cleats, but Hey, not everybody has that defensively where the charges are concerned. A lot of areas that this helps to improve tremendously, You want to see the best Joey Bosa you've ever seen? Get him a capable four-eye and a nose tackle. Offenses are going to have to line up and block Joey Bosa one-on-one. And I have yet to see an offensive tackle who can do that consistently over the course of a game. And then on the opposite side, it's probably going to be Chenna. I believe they'll bring him back, and they should. And if you listen to that Tom Telesco presser and the way he was gobbling Chenna up, You can almost be certain that he will be back. He adds a more athletic element. And you can do a bunch of things with him on that side. As far as linebackers are concerned at the second level, you keep those guys clean. It allows them to do things like shoot and fill gaps against the run. Or run and chase if teams are running a whole lot of stretch outside zone stuff. And, you know, it allows them to flow better which helps a guy like Kenneth Murray who needs to be kept clean because he's not all that great at shedding blocks. I mean, I'm putting that mildly. He's not good at all at shedding blocks, but he is a tremendous athlete and it'll help him grow and improve in that role. Hopefully, but I believe it will. In the secondary, the less time you have to cover, the better your coverage is probably going to be. If that line can get penetration against the pass, then quarterbacks are going to have to be on their horse and getting the ball out quickly. So just all the way around makes sense, which is why it's what they need to attack first and foremost. So it's not rocket science and rolling right on into the secondary. Yeah, they got to do something about the CB position. Corner is a tricky thing with the Chargers because going into this year, we felt like Vato would thrive in the system because we thought it would play more to his strengths, but he had a rough transition. And a lot of stuff happened between COVID and, you know, some other stuff. It wasn't the best Michael Davis we'd seen. I mean, he flashed, but it wasn't consistent. And that's kind of been a thing throughout his career. We have to be really, really careful about the Sante Samuel Jr. thing because SJ had two concussions this year and, um, One of the major things that a Staley defense requires are corners who can come up and run support. Now, if you want to guard Zant a little bit, it may be a better idea to put him in the slot, in which case you probably need a new CB1 because I think Michael Davis at this point could be a good CB2. So I feel like you should address that in the draft, whereas with the defensive line, you could probably knock that out of free agency because they have some guys That are coming up That have some experience In Brandon Staley's system That would fit like hand and glove So In the secondary You could probably find a CB1 In the first round Got some really good ones And they actually have some really good ones That you may be able to get early in the second as well If you can get Derwin James running mate at safety 2 That would be awesome I mean Not just Nasir I'm talking about like one of those big nickel dudes If Mark Webb's the guy Then perfect But if not you can get somebody like there's someone else in free agency that uh I'm a little high on. Uh, last name Peppers played for the uh, New York Giants recently that you could use in a Derwin like role and allow Derwin to roam the box and be a complete menace that offenses have to account for playing and play out. If you notice, there's a bit of a theme here. Charges could definitely do some damage in free agency. Just depends on how aggressive Otalam Telesco wants to be, because I'm sure Brandon Staley has his picks. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. Offensive tackle. Yeah, we're probably not going into next season with Storm Norton as the guy. I think it's probably safe to say that. If you want to have Trey Pipkins compete, I'm perfectly fine with that because he proved himself in two really big moments last season and it was really encouraging to see the development there. Hats off to him and Frank Smith and the rest of that offensive line staff. It's a tremendous job, but uh, I think the Chargers can probably find a very significant player for that role in maybe the second round. Um, There are a couple guys, and like I said, when we get closer to that time, there's some names that I'm going to throw out there Where the Chargers don't necessarily have to utilize a first-round pick in order to get it done So if you want to have Pickens in there competing with the new dude, perfect Worst case scenario, you have strong competition and quality depth And that is the magic word, depth So uh, ultimately... I think the Chargers can do a ton of damage in free agency and um, supplement that through the draft. And technically it's kind of like the other way around, you know, you want to build through the draft, supplement through free agency, but it's kind of like on a case by case basis. And I think a lot of what the Chargers need, which starts with the defensive line, they can get in free agency. So gotta wait until March to see how this goes, but just my take on it. All right, Bolt fam. I will get you out of here with a question for my brothers in both (sighs) them. Fellas, what would you rank the Chargers positions of need from one to three? Defensive line, corner, offensive tackle, top to bottom. Tell me what you got Uh, until next time. You all know what it is. It's Mr. Bull gang or don't bang of the CC gang. And uh, Mr. Top Flight over on Twitter T O P underscore F L Y T three, and catch me at the flight deck and charge it to the game. Until the next time, man. Catch y'all in. Okay, love you, bye. All right, Craig.
3: Way, way to way to take a nice analysis about everything you're cool that dude. we've got. And Craig. damn it, you're
6: too cool. You're, t- <laughs> it's
2: you're not too cool guy. <laughs> Just too fucking cool, man. You
3: are too cool for school, dude. Um, all right. Well, your question was positions of needs one to three. What What do you guys think?
1: It's hard because we have so many free agents. We do. You could say linebacker is a big position in need because Chin is not signed. Uh, Kaiser is not signed. Kyler Fackrell is now a free agent. Like our linebacker position is really weak as it stands right now. What our roster is, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, But if you're assuming the guys that they're bringing back are going to actually come back,
4: I think it's D line, O line, corner. Those those are kind of
1: that's my one two three.
2: I could I was about to say the exact same thing. D line, (laughs) right tackle specifically. Yeah, and uh, and secondary because Chris Harris, I don't think he's coming Chris Harris back. is gone.
1: Yeah, Chris yeah. Harris will be gone. So um, they just gotta figure I out think, what they're
2: gonna do. Like he said, what they're gonna do with Derwin, yeah. how they want to utilize him the best, and then you can bring in people to cover the things that you know he shouldn't be at the back of the play, not always involved. Yeah, right?
1: well, I think that that was never the plan, but uh, just
2: like got forced like into that, it.
1: Yeah, because of it, like injuries, COVID, and not having your starting eleven always out there. Like our. Our five DBs, like if you're a nickel, our starting five DBs were very rarely ever on the field together. Yeah. So Derwin got forced into positions that coach had to play him at spots that cause they weren't didn't have guys that were ready to play at other spots. So yeah, yeah I think it was Chris Harris leaving that's a that's gonna be a big spot to fill and how they do it is gonna be gonna be really important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would
2: be surprised if there's a really good cornerback somewhere in the beginning part of the draft that is just kind of sitting there would not be surprised if they went that direction either. Absolutely. Well, you can also
1: get that slot corner for not, not like huge money, you know, mm-hmm. like you could fill that spot with what you were playing Chris Harris or less mm-hmm. with a vet. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. It will be. Yeah. It,
3: it's all going to depend on how, I mean, we've said it every year As once we get in the off season, it's like, okay, well, who are we going to keep? Who are we going to let go? Who are we going to pick up? Uh, that determines the draft. And even after the draft, there's still possibilities of picking guys up and free agency. And you know, how much of that money are we going to start spending? And, uh, it, it's really, it really is a crap shoot, but yeah, I would have to agree that as far as those positions of need, I almost, I almost switched like the, the two and the three of the line and, and the corner, because I feel like the line at least was able to really hold itself for the better part of the year and defensively, I feel like that was where we kind of struggled the most was, was defensively. I feel like offense did, did a pretty damn good job. So sure. But it's it all also, depends.
2: It's all, it was cause and effect too. Like the defensive line, not getting sure, to the yeah. quarterback puts more pressure on what the secondary is doing. So very you true. fix that line, you fix number one, number two or three, however you slice it is going to get better.
3: Right. That's very true. So, all right. Well, Damn it, Craig. Thank you, as always, for coming Love on it. and uh, the best, man. and giving us a great experience. Um, and we have our next segment is a second fan focus this week. This one is pretty special. Um, we've, we've talked about this guy before, and I'm excited to hear what he's got to say. Let's go on over to fan focus part two.
2: All right, guys, we are back with another fan focus, and we are super pumped to have Corey from San Diego. What's going on, Corey?
4: What's going on, my man? I'm doing great.
2: Good. I'm glad to hear it, man. I'm pumped. So let's uh, let's find out more about you, dude. I want to find out how Corey became a Charger fan. How'd you become a Charger
4: fan? Charger, basically born into it. Born and raised in San Diego. My mom was a pretty big Charger fan. I mean, she was a Charger fan, didn't watch it too much. But I got hooked as a kid. Maybe the first game was four years old. And from there, it was just diehard all the way. When they moved... I was one of those at first I'm like man forget them I'm not gonna be a fan first year I didn't watch him and then I found myself like I can't do this anymore so (laughs) you were just like gotta get back in it I got it so I was like all right I'm gonna watch but I'm gonna stream it so I don't give any money to them (laughs) okay and I'm gonna do what I can and after that it was just like it's my team it's not their fault they're my boys and I love them and the passion just came right back.
2: I love it. That's a good so, way. To, that's a good way to look at it, man. It's like the players didn't choose that. they, I, I, I exactly. love it for the players. I don't love it for, you know, the ownership. I love it for the players the, on that team. And now they make owner, me feel on
4: Sundays. And, yeah, exactly. I Hel- that rivers was still there. Gates was there for a little bit. So you still have some of that carryover of that San Diego bloodline. And uh, yeah, the charge, the players are who I watch, who I pay attention to, who the mer- I buy merchandise for. It's, not Spanos family and all them so yeah for sure
2: well we're glad to have you on this this episode because we're you know it's we're at a tough spot because chiefs just won <laughs> the Bengals won mm-hmm. it's like this crazy Shit sandwich, we're in the middle of right now of like mm. they're gonna talk about us. It's gonna be Burrow is better than Herbert because he got to the AFC championship game, and then we're not gonna hear the end of the Chiefs. So, where are you at mentally with AFC and yeah. this AFC championship game?
4: First, first, let me say they I mean, even before we lost to KC in overtime, I was at that game, they need to change the damn overtime rules because especially a game like that last night, where both both of them just going crazy yeah and then dude doesn't have a chance at the end to even you know to score anything it was just just like with us and can in, in, in a at SoFi it's all the coin toss and that was it and uh the games were amazing to watch i mean joe burrow he whatever had an average game i don't know who i want to win obviously i'm ruined full nfc yeah no matter what now because screw Joe Burrow and screw the Chiefs even more so if between those two I guess KC because I've already dealt with it with I've you. already dealt with the fan bases yeah with and you. it'd be easier to deal with than all these people saying Burrow's way better than Herbert Herbert's trash I can't deal with that slander I've been a fan of him since Oregon so I can't deal with the slander so I'm going KC just for the fact that They've already done it. They've won.
2: That's good perspective. I was like, I was kind of leaning the other way, but then I was like, you know what? Like I'm on Twitter too much. I can't handle this shit. I can't handle. Exactly. All those Bengal
4: fans are coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. So I'm rooting for Casey. I think they'll, I think they'll do it.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, all right, well, what did you think of, you know, this last season was exciting. New head coach. New schemes, new offensive coordinators, new everything. Like, what what were some of the things this season that you took away? Like, damn, this is awesome. This is going to be fun to be a
4: Charger fan moving forward in the future. Well, number one thing I think – well, some people don't. I like the gutsy ball play from Staley. Like, especially with Lynn before that, it was fourth and one on our own, 48, and he punted. It, we had no – Aggressiveness, so that was huge. I think that's going to carry over, maybe not as much. I think because of the pressure he had, especially during the KC game, like I think the following game, he even cut back a little bit. Yeah, but I like that. Um, the O line was way more improved, and I think this offseason we might tweak it a little bit. But, um, Lombardi, I went back and forth on him throughout the season. But I think he's good. I want, I want steadiness for Herbert. So I don't want any of those coaches. I don't want anybody to leave, even if they're crappy off and on next year. I, I want him to have that consistency so he can grow. Because it doesn't help when you have new people joining your system every single day. Sure. So I, it's a lot better than the last like eight, ten years no for sure like that we've had people get yeah. on
2: people get on coach for the aggressiveness man but like i'm watching as a charger fan i'm like they're trying to fucking win they want to win this mm-hmm. game they're not trying to just settle and get comfortable and it's just a different feeling as a charger fan because i feel like there's so many years where we just let shit just slip away and coach is like nope It's just if it's gonna slip away it's gonna be because of me not because of you you know just kicking the punting it to you all the time. So
4: it's it's that's def- why you can't win with fans. fans. Yeah, yeah, you can't win with fans. Cause when we had Lane, especially Lane, who was so conservative, never went for it, never ever, ever. They all cried about it and they hated it and they wanted what Staley does. And now that Staley does it, they're not gonna always convert. That's just it's professional football. Yeah. You know, so it's not gonna happen. So they hate it when he doesn't, you know, and then they love it when he does. In the KC game. Maybe I was hoping for maybe one or two field goals, but in the end it is what it is. It's who he is. He follows the analytics and it's going to take us to the end. And this whole system with Herbert and I think, I think if it's not next year, maybe the following year.
2: No, I'm with you for sure. I'm with you for sure. And you know, in, in terms of your, you know, what you're looking for in the off season, like what, what are the kind of the things that you get most excited about? um with the offseason is it the draft is it like the senior bowl like what is the thing you're like shit let's go what like what's the next charger thing for you
4: my favorite thing in all sports is free agency is just so fun i love free agency the draft it just depends on we're kind of middle of the pack in the first round so the draft is always kind of fun but it's just the whole free agent thing thing for me i love just who's gonna go there even in the nba any any i just it's exciting to know who's going to get who and where are they are going to go. And I want to see what Tom does this year. I mean, he made some decent pickups on the, during the season, but they're small. You know, like yeah. we're big players. We need to make some big moves to focus on the defense. So it's, it's that. And I'm going to try to go to a training camp this, this year. If I can't hit a couple times up there,
2: no, for if sure. If I'm able
4: to, we'll see how I'm doing when yeah. that comes around. Yeah,
2: no, for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely want to go to that. That's, that's, that's on my bucket list. Got to get a whole bunch of shit signed. That's my goal. So, um, let's talk a little bit about you. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I know you're going through some tough stuff right now, right. and, uh, you know, you have a GoFundMe to kind of help 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 you mm-hmm. out. So, kind of tell the audience, kind of like what what's what's going on with you, and and you know what's happening.
4: Uh, about two months ago, I think it was. Um I had gotten sick and I'm the type of person that doesn't ever want to go to the hospital unless I'm 10 seconds away from dying. But my girlfriend isn't, so she made me go. And when looking, they had found that I had colon cancer. And it was only stage two, which is you know, obviously I was panicked a bit, but it's man and you don't until so I started going and meeting with specialists. Stuff like that. And then I quickly realized, like, holy crap, this is super expensive. And what makes it worse is my insurance that I had changed once I turned 26. I'm 26, it just changed in May. So my insurance now is pretty crappy. And so we were handling it. You know, I had some help with our awesome Bolt family and stuff. And then I went out to Nevada to see a specialist during the game against the Raiders. I saw them on Tuesday. And I found out that it's growing, not at a like extremely fast rate, but it's still growing. So I'm gonna have to do treatments more often. Possibly some radiation, depends. We'll see on that one. I'm kinda, I don't want to lose my hair, and um, more medications, more doctor visits. And so at this rate, even you know I don't know how this fundraising is gonna go. Um, but at this point, it's like if I don't get help I don't know where I'm going to go yeah well let's
2: what's so. you know both family that's what we do man we want to help help our own so you know I know you mm-hmm. have a go fund me um so people can go over there and donate and and help out and then you'd mentioned that you're you're um going to put together a, a raffle to give away some jerseys right. to
4: try and help raise some funds so tell us a little bit about that it's going to be a choice of um a derwin jersey um bosa and um keenan allen jersey there'll be two winners um I, I don't know if i should do 10 or 15 an entry i'm still debating on that if you have a suggestion and then it would go for about a week and i would pick two winners unlimited entries so if you want to enter as much as you can yeah and then i would just have everything sent to my venmo and um have my girlfriend help me draw names out put them in a hat or a bucket and pull two out
2: well, that's, and that, ship it. I think it's time to, you know, if, always good to have a Charger jersey and it's always good to help out family man we want we're really pulling for you and we want to do what we can to help you uh through this tough time man so um go if you're on twitter go check them out it's bolt gang baby love that name by the way solid handle thank you um thank you so yeah go 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 check them out and we'll uh we'll, we'll uh retweet everything that you you post and then go go get a jersey it's for a great cause and it's going to help Corey out so we'd
4: really appreciate it Me too. Thank you guys.
2: No, absolutely. And, uh, dude, it was so fantastic meeting you. Let's, let's go out on, on, uh, I want to find out what is your best
4: charger memory? Best charger memory. Ah, okay. Well, I got a couple, let me shoot out two real quick. Last game I went to at Qualcomm was LT's retirement. Oh, not his jersey retirement. And, um, that place was like 95% charger filled to the brim of the queue. And it was super awesome. And then um I was at the Darren Sproles championship game way back in the day. Oh wow. And uh yeah, I was a little kid over there. And I was at the LT record breaking game as well.
2: Oh my god. So you, I happened to see some stuff.
4: Back then, I didn't go to too many games, but the games I happened to go to just happened to be, like, (laughs) Like big time games, you know? Yeah. So even if I wasn't a big fan then, that just smacks you in the face and you're like, you can't help it. Yeah. So those are probably, you know, the best moments I had. The Chiefs game was awful. Those fans can... (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Cheering Parham's injury, man. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. You guys talked about it. Oh, my. Yeah. that was brutal but yeah those those times were, were great times
2: absolutely so. man well let's get let's yeah. get a lot more um so let's uh go, go help Corey out and uh yeah man let's keep interacting on social media we love chatting with you so let's uh let's do it and hopefully we'll see you super soon
4: most definitely sounds great man appreciate
2: it thank you so much for your time man we'll talk to you later
4: all right go bolts
3: <sighs> wow Corey, i mean brave dude very brave I mean, yeah. I can't imagine being in that situation and and to to come on and and chat with kevin and 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 to put together this kind of raffle, I think is awesome. I think this is a really great great way to to interact with the bullfam because it is the bullfam. I love the bullfam the bullfam really steps up for each other Absolutely. and yeah I couldn't think of a better better group of people to reach out to so um thank you for coming on and sharing your story dude and so thankful to have you on, bud. Um, and like Kevin said, we're going to definitely be retweeting everything. If you guys can enter that raffle, I think that's going to be a great, great thing to be a part of.
2: Um, yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can go check out the description where there's a link to his GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he'll appreciate anything you can help him out with. Um, so yeah, so just stay, stay tough in there, dude, you know, keep yes. fighting, keep fighting the fight and, you know, we'll do what we can to help you, brother absolutely we'll definitely be yeah.
5: rooting bolt for you on the
3: sideline yeah bolt up baby um all right well i think that's going to do it for us here for this episode of charge chat any any final thoughts gentlemen
2: i just don't want the chiefs to win i just don't want them to win i know
3: i know yeah
2: i, I don't need i just it there, don't want guy. to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, li- okay. I can't i'm gonna have to leave i'm gonna have to leave the state <laughs>
1: Can't send Stelly to school. He'll get in some fights.
2: Yeah, he, he, yeah, he starts shit with Chiefs fans. He's like, ugh. Oh. Like he, he's, he's super subtle with it now. He doesn't even talk shit. He's like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. <laughs> Peasants, fuck. <laughs> 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 that shit out of my face. I love it. Love that guy.
3: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the Charger Chat, folks. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.